Hello, welcome to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. I'm Parks Miller. And we got a good dump for you today. This is like my favorite kind of dump because it's uh, it's simple. You know, I like these simple, really dumb dumps. <laughs> the dumb dump. This is a dumb dump. It's a dumb dump. Yeah. Uh, you know, the also, first of all, uh, just at the top, we have plenty of, uh, you know, we talk about all the time, but we have plenty of extra content because I know we only put out a couple episodes a month. Um, but there's dozens on our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps. Now, that being said, this dump, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, file it under Balloon Fest or Al Capone's Vault. It's, it's one of those. It's just, it's, yeah, it's really just like a weird event. Uh, and in some ways, just a, gathers the imagination of the public but it doesn't necessarily really have a, a lot of social um resonance it no. wasn't part of some bigger thing it's just a crazy thing it's just happened. a thing that that happened that got really big uh we're talking about baby jessica now baby jessica uh also known as baby jessica who fell down the well uh, she was a baby that fucking fell down a well. And why is she a dump? Why is this story a dump? Well, the story of baby Jessica is a dump because it was such a nation uniting moment that still lives on to this day in the American lexicon. At a time when the country just needed a little good news, in swooped baby Jessica and her unfortunate tumble down a damn well. Yeah, I mean, her Wikipedia says... Known for falling, falling into a well. well. <laughs> easy. That's an easy thing to be known for because you can just do that. Uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of effort. Uh, but we'll find that it's a little more complicated. Uh, now, millions of Americans held their breath as they watched the infant's extraction live on television. Perhaps the dump here is the triumph of the human spirit. Ooh, good. I like that. Yeah, so let's get into it. Why are babies so dumb? Well, <laughs> October 14th, 1987 was an average day in Midland, Texas, but by mid-afternoon, the entire country would become obsessed with the sleepy Texas town. 18-year-old Reba McClure, a.k.a. Sissy, was watching a group of children at her sister Jamie Moore's at-home daycare when the phone rang. After a quick once-over of the backyard landscape, Sissy figured it would be all right to step into the house real quick to answer the phone, and it was during the next couple minutes that tragedy struck. When Sissy returned to the yard, she took inventory of the children she was responsible for. They were all accounted for, except for one. Sissy's own daughter, the then 18-month-old Jessica, was missing. After briefly considering and canceling out the possibilities that she might have gotten out of the yard or worse yet was kidnapped, she began frantically searching for her baby. It was at this point that she noticed a few of the children peering into a small well at the far end of the yard. The faint cries of baby Jessica could be heard coming from the small circular opening, and that is when shit hit the fan. Now, baby Jessica, she was born March 26, 1986. Uh, her parents were 18 years old. Her dad's name was Lewis. People called him Chip. Uh, so you have Chip and Sissy, just two crazy kids trying to make it in the world. Um, I mean, it's got to be hard. Like, people are already judging them enough for being such young parents. But then you lose your fucking baby down a well. So that doesn't do anything to uh, convince That's, people yeah. you're responsible. It's like you had to go inside, didn't you? You just had to fucking do it. Now, the way that the baby fell in, it, it's crazy. Like, it makes you, uh, you know, consider that maybe there is a higher power. And he was fucking around that day and was just like, I wonder if I can make this baby fall into this tiny hole. Because, like, <laughs> everything had to be perfect for this to happen. 
So upon reaching into the well, which only had an eight inch across opening and realizing her daughter was far beyond her reach, Sissy dialed 911 and told the operator her daughter had fallen into a well. Two patrol cops responded to the call. When they arrived to the house and saw the well, the officers soon realized just how severe the situation was. After shining their flashlights into the well, they surmised that baby Jessica had to be fucking deep in that bitch. Uh, it, it, like big, <laughs> big time. They terms. could hear her, but not well. So, not and even well. with their flashlights, they could barely. Yeah, God damn it, they could barely see her. Um, the well was twenty-two feet deep, and uh, she fell just about every foot of that. Uh, in, in, into this. Uh, yeah, that sounds really terrifying. Uh, and like very much like, I don't know if you ever see those like claustrophobic videos of people <laughs> just like. Go like spelunking. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like um, like cave diving. Being stuck in a tiny. Hole. I mean, in like, she's also of the age where she could fit into such a small hole. Yeah, eight you know? inches. That's that's all it was. Now, before we get to the extraction of one baby Jessica, let me just explain this well. The well was a water source built into the backyard of Jamie Moore's house. Again, Moore being the sister of Sissy, the aunt of baby Jessica. The well dropped down 22 feet, again, 8-inch opening. Usually, these wells are capped either by the property owner or by city officials, but because of the abundance of these at-home wells, which by 1987 were virtually unused, many were left unchecked and unsealed. I believe there was a, a covering, but the kids were able to kind of like take it off. You know, they're just messing around, being little babies. Yeah. And uh, they just pulled off this, like, basically like a plate that was over this thing. It wasn't actually sealed. Right. I mean, like, I also didn't have a well in my yard no and wow. again we're not talking Some, about like, a well like where you lower a bucket down yeah you know where like this is literally just a hole in the ground that has a big metal pipe that drops down 22 feet right uh, right it, yeah it, it's crazy and this was actually a really common thing um it reminds me of the kind of whole thing with abandoned refrigerators that had latching handles um what would happen get, a like, lot stuck in it well, yeah, kids would uh, find the like people would get rid of their refrigerators, and again, when you would close it, it would lock from the from the latch. Ooh. So kids would get in them to play hide and seek, and it was such a good hiding spot. And these fucking fridges were made of such thick metal and materials that no one could hear them pounding on the inside trying to get out because they couldn't get out once they closed the door. And kids were suffocating in these things all over the place. Damn. Yeah. It's uh, like, yeah. wow, he's hiding really well. Yeah, they're like, I can't find this fucker. I'm going home. Talk like, about a cold cut. Yeah. It, <laughs> Jesus. Now, I'm sure that now with a better understanding of the well itself, you're asking, how did this damn fucking baby fall into an eight inch opening? Well, I'll tell you. We know for sure how she was positioned in the well, but no one knows exactly how the fall happened. But I'm going to take a guess. Baby Jessica was walking all dumb like babies do and like on some Tommy Pickles vibes. And then one foot <sighs> fell into the into the hole. And that's when she started going in. And so we have a baby with one leg in, one leg out. She's trying to wiggle free. But without having the experience of being a human long enough to know how to correctly do such a thing, she wedged herself deeper and deeper until she was in a full split, which then allowed for her body to slide down uh, until her Oof. struggling eventually got her plugged up in there and i'm no scientist but i'd put like 50 bucks on my theory um but yeah, yeah she fell was... in the split so her leg was pinned above her head yes and uh that's actually that's gonna cause uh lifelong damage to her foot yes uh from from this position uh because it had to have been a very uncomfortable position uh with damage and then also the blood uh you know 
with her foot being up there, like she basically like lost circulation and blood flow yeah. to her foot. Right. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in, in a second here. See, now baby Jessica was found in the well, right, like we said, with her right foot raised above her head in a full split. She could have only fit in the well either with both feet first or head first or in the splits. But if she was both feet or head first, she wouldn't have made it so far down. She would have been able to kind of stop herself. Uh, it was the awkwardness of her position that allowed her to fall so deep. And it was the immobility, immobility and contortion of her body that, Again, allowed for her to drop so deep, 22 feet down, underground. That's scary. That's real scary. Very, very scary. But Ryan has a... You don't like babies. I love babies. I'm just saying but you're like, like, they're dumb. Like that's You got to like, give them a chance to like... Get smarter. Yeah, it takes years. Well... <laughs> they have to grow into that people. That being said, I think she was pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she managed to find the only way she could get that deep in the well. That <laughs> had to take some brains. Well, she she was able to keep calm during this entire rescue process. So. Right. Well, what do you? Yeah, if I was trapped in the splits, you would hear me from down the fucking street, dude. <laughs> I would be howling. Now, the police on the scene called for backup of every sort, and soon firefighters and paramedics arrived. After lowering down a flashlight and a radio to baby Jessica, they were able to get a clear response from the baby that let everyone know that she was indeed alive. Uh, now, if she was alive and well, was another question. Within hours, every emergency team in Midland, Texas, rolled up to the well. And it wasn't long after that that the story caught the attention of local news affiliates, and soon after, national and then global news teams arrived. Uh, they called in uh, local contractors for yeah. this, plumbers, anyone they could think of that might be able to deal with some shit in a well. Because um, no, like this had never happened, and it, and it was so... I mean, again, her positioning made it so delicate to get yeah, her out. Because I... And, like, maybe you have the answer, but I'm like, couldn't you just have lowered, like, a 22-foot like pipe? Like a hook? Well, she's 18 months old. And, again, she's trapped with her leg above her head, her hands are down at her sides. So there's yeah. no moving in there. And also so to be like, baby Jessica, pinned. like, hold on to this hook. She's 18 months old. She can't speak. You know what I mean? So, like. No, they, yeah, they, she had to be taken care of. She's a baby. So they start coming up with these new ways. Dumbass didn't know how to talk. Right, exactly. Stupid baby. Say what you need. Just, you know, you got to say what you yeah, need. Yeah, just speak. 18-month-old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, God. I get I know. it. I we're get just, it. We're just destroying this baby. It's, it's so unfortunate. But um, they also brought in city planners that had these old, like, blueprints of how the housing development was put together so they could get a, a better idea of how the well was. It was a huge deal. Now, a baby falling down a well in Midland, Texas, doesn't seem like the kind of story that would capture the hearts and minds of millions of Americans, but it did, and there's actually a pretty logical reason for that. Besides the fact that it was a total freak accident that required a very non-freak and careful solution, a little-known news network known as CNN was in its seventh year of existence. CNN was a 24-hour news outlet as opposed to the major networks like ABC or NBC that only showed news nightly. The baby Jessica situation was an agonizingly long ordeal, and CNN was there to cover the entire thing. So for the first time, a huge story was going to be covered from start to finish in real time. And the way CNN broadcasted the story of baby Jessica would be a blueprint for around-the-clock news coverage for decades to come. Uh, this hadn't happened be before, you know, mm, and, and yeah. like, let's all fucking go there. They had been around for seven years, but this was really the first one where people wanted to see it right. from start to finish. Also, they, they didn't want to just check in. Later. Yeah, because it's I mean, it is riveting. I mean, the sure. pressure is on and because it, it's it's one of those things that is very 
unequivocal, like in terms of the morality of it, like, yeah. oh no, a baby fell down a well. That's it's like a horrible. cat being stuck in a tree. It's There's like not classic, many yeah. ways to view that unless you're yeah. just like a complete Unless you're monster. me talking about how stupid she is. Yeah. Um, but it's not so like, you know, it's not like a political issue that's divided. Everyone can be like, damn, I hope this kid gets, gets saved. out of the well. Yeah. So it's kind of like. It's sort of a perfect news story in a way. I mean, obviously, the news, they love to divide us. But, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying but this brought everyone together. Every once in a while, yeah, I feel like the news is like, it, America, we're ready for it. I mean, literally. It reminds me of the kids uh, that got trapped in the cave. Yes, the yeah. kids. We love kids or in a, a cave. Or like Chilean miners. We love like miners in a We love people getting stuck and then getting unstuck. <laughs> and then getting out, yeah. Yeah, um, we love the unstuck. Yeah. Now, uh, there were. It was in, sorry, even. The town was Midland, Texas, and I mean, it's like literally like some middle America shit. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Just small like town. Any yeah. kind of small town, gee whiz, aw shucks kind of thing. Yeah. You know? yeah I'm sure that's what they, they said when they found, oh, gee whiz, aw shucks, <laughs> my baby's in the well. There were now a couple hundred people camped outside of the house where the well was located. Now, neighbors of Jamie Moore allowed news teams and first responders to sleep on their floors and couches in between shifts. Despite the growing attention to the situation, no one was any closer to getting baby Jessica out of the well. Eventually, city planners were brought in to explain just how the well was constructed. And again, they were equipped with blueprints, and now a real plan began to form. And this crew of people was massive because they had, you know, architects come in. They had construction workers with, you know, fucking uh, tractors and, and you know, like a, a, any piece of machinery that could possibly help. And this poor lady's backyard is just getting torn the fuck up now. <laughs> yeah, but you better not be worried about that. She's <laughs> like, like, my lawn. My, yeah. my gardenias. Yeah, my lawn. As the plan to extract baby Jessica took shape and news of the situation spread, gifts and well wishes began pouring into Midland, Texas. Thousands of people were sending money, presents, food, and anything that they thought might help. Soon after the first 24 hours passed, the media began referring to baby Jessica as everybody's baby. Mm. Yeah. Every, it sounds like a, like a 1920s term for like a woman about town. Oh, oh she's everybody's yeah. baby. She's nobody's darling. Yeah, she's everybody's or, uh, baby, nobody's a, darling. It's like the communist meme. It's like, it's not your baby. It's, it's our, our baby. baby. Everybody's baby. And I know what you're thinking, 24 hours, and yes, that baby was fucking trapped in a well for a whopping total of 58 hours. Responders were unable to get her water or even calm her down because, again, she's 18 months old, trapped in a splits 20 feet down, 22 feet down a fucking well. Now, the next phase of the baby Jessica situation was the actual rescue. It was decided that a parallel tunnel would be dug next to the well. Once they reached the depth that baby Jessica was at, the team would then cut through not only dirt and stone, but also the metal pipe at a horizontal angle. So imagine the well is one straight line. Next to the line is a giant L shape, right? Yeah. So it drops down, goes to the side. Try to Yeah, try to like approach from the yeah. side or something, you know? Right. And it was through the small part of the big L shape that baby Jessica would be brought out. After 58 hours, paramedic Robert O'Donnell was lowered down into the newly dug tunnel to the base of the well where baby Jessica was. After extensive drilling by a construction team, there was finally access to the baby. O'Donnell grabbed Jessica and together in front of 
dozens of news cameras, hundreds of first responders, Jessica's family, and the eyes of millions of Americans on the edge of their seat, they emerged. While in the tunnel before the extraction, O'Donnell applied some bandages to the baby who had suffered some pretty severe injuries. The image of O'Donnell holding the bandage-wrapped baby Jessica became one of the most iconic of the decade. I, I think people were a little shocked to see just how rough she looked. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like it the was... baby's out and they're like, yay! I mean, that's the thing. When you survive something, it means you almost fucking die. die. Yeah, yeah exactly. and you came very close. <laughs> Thank you for making uh, that clear. Well, yeah, because it just means like, yeah, you survived, but your shit's still wrecked. Yeah, um, absolutely. So he had to apply first aid now, uh, before he even took her up. But no, there's, there was another guy, uh, a volunteer, a roofing contractor named Ron Short. And he volunteered to go down the shaft because he was born without collarbones. <laughs> uh, and so he said he could collapse his shoulders to work in tight confines. Well, but and, then he didn't. Well, the te- they considered the offer, but um, the the paramedic. Like, we don't down. want freaky but, but rubber you, band but, guy. But can you sort of imagine it's like a small Texas town and they're like, okay, like really tense situation. <laughs> and then this like roofing dude's just like. Hey guys, like I yeah. can make my shoulders do this. Yeah, like, and they're like, oh, and they're like, uh, he's Gross. like, I got it. Yeah, he's like, like the kids that would flip their eyelids inside out in class. Yeah. It's like, oh, like I want more of his story because he probably was like, damn, like I've been called a freak my whole life, and now, like this, this is, is my, my time shot. to be and a hero. Like, and no. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> After her rescue, the true extent of baby Jessica's injuries were realized because her right foot was forced over her head for the duration of 58 hours. Her foot for the most part had died and gangrene had set in. Also, she had scraped her face to the point that she still to this day has a permanent scar stretching from her forehead to the start of her chin. And lastly, her scalp had split open from the vibrations on the well during the digging and cutting. Because what was happening was as she would get tired, she would either rest her forehead on the, you know, on the pipe in front of her or she would rest her head back on the pipe that was, you know, the part of the pipe behind her. And the vibrations from the drilling caused her fucking scalp to split open. Uh, it's just like fucking terrible. And, and on top of that, you know, obviously exhaustion, dehydration, malnourishment, all that stuff uh, is coming into play. Now, after using skin from her thigh, doctors were able to reconstruct baby Jessica's foot, which avoided amputation, though she did lose her pinky toe. Now, life after the well. As we mentioned earlier, baby Jessica and her family were sent gifts from all over the country. The end result of these gifts, especially the monetary gifts, was a trust fund that was set up for baby Jessica. And at its peak, the trust fund amounted to around $1.2 million. But after the market crash of 2008, it dwindled to just over 300000 which she wisely used to purchase a house. Now, Jessica McClure Morales is now a married mother who, of, of two who lives in Midland, Texas still. To this day, uh, a very small town kind of ship. She works as a special education aide and by all accounts, couldn't be happier. In fact, baby Jessica didn't even know she was baby Jessica until she was about five years old. And she was watching an episode of Rescue 911 that was about her. And she was saying something Mm -hmm. to her mom like, oh, my God, that's so terrible. And the mom's like, that was you, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she like it was like probably extremely traumatic. And she was devastated. Yeah. Uh, out of her memory and uh speaking of trauma um well we're gonna okay yeah we're getting there you know how i do now she was yeah she was told that the episode was about her kind of but she was you know a celebrity uh at at the time everyone wanted to see her grow and for years after 
she was, you know, being visited by, you know, Oprah and fucking she got to meet the president, all this stuff. Uh, she's still somewhat of a local celebrity. Even her husband had heard the stories before realizing that the woman he was falling in love with was, in fact, baby Jessica, who fell down the well. Aren't you the baby that fell down the well? Yes. <laughs> like, that's where that ends. He's like, cool. Uh, as for the well that she fell down, it has since been permanently sealed with an engraved plaque that reads, For Jessica, 10-16-87, with love from all of us. Um, she met multiple presidents. She met George Bush. Uh, Ronald Reagan. Reagan called her. Yeah. Oh, didn't meet. Yeah, Reagan, but she but... got to go to the White House and is like sitting on Bush's lap and like she got all these toys yeah. from but all see, these celebrities. That's what I mean. It's a freebie. It's like, hey, Prez, say yeah. something nice to the baby. And you're like, I'm a good guy. Yeah. I said something yeah. nice to the baby that fell down a well. It's a it's. It's a freebie. Yeah, and like you don't even have to have like an elaborate banquet like you would for minors that were trapped or whatever. You just right. give her like a can of fucking spaghettios. But now, like the people that went to save her obviously did some incredible work. So it's not that you know. No, it, it was crazy. no, it, it was a huge deal, uh, and, and I mean it was very impressive. And like that again, that's the whole situation is used as a blueprint for other people being trapped in you know tight confined spaces. Now we wish that that is where the story of Baby Jessica ended, but as with most dumps, it's just not that easy. Three years after the rescue of baby Jessica, ABC released a film based on the story, most likely to cash in on the news story that they only talked about during their nightly news, the same story that CNN made a name for themselves covering 24-7. The film featured many Midland locals as extras and even starred some of the real first responders, particularly Robert O'Donnell, the man who emerged from the pit with baby Jessica in his arms. The film was as popular as a made-for-TV movie could be, but there was a problem. It was also the film was called uh, Everybody's Baby. Yeah. The mm -hmm. story of baby Jessica or the rescue of baby Jessica. Now, the most important figure in the story besides baby Jessica and the well was Robert O'Donnell. O'Donnell played a news reporter in the film. In real life, O'Donnell was riding high on his newfound reputation as a hero. But as time went by, the attention began to fade. And his last chance at reveling in the glory was this film. Again, called Everybody's Baby, The Rescue of Jessica McClure. But it wasn't, yeah, Baby Jessica. She finally got the uh, the steeds to, to be the full name, Jessica not just Baby McClure. Jessica. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Upon viewing the film, O'Donnell was stunned to discover that his scene was cut from the final edit. He was humiliated by this. He was the hero that pulled the baby out. But his last chance at maintaining the now global recognition he had, it was just kaput. Uh, Oprah had come to him. Uh, she actually came to Midland to interview him. He didn't have to go anywhere. He was on Dateline. There was parades for him where he was on floats waving to everyone. Uh, in, in 2007, by the way, Baby Jessica's story was ranked 22nd out of the most influential news stories of the last quarter century. Wow. That ranked above Columbine and the end of the Gulf War. Uh, baby Jessica, she yeah, she got to meet presidents and, and all that stuff. There was merch. They made Baby Jessica dolls. <laughs> Uh, they probably fit into a well, like, perfectly. <laughs> uh, now, after the harsh realization that his life would never be the same as it was before the baby Jessica thing, nor would it be the same as his life was during the year after the rescue, O'Donnell fell victim to a spiral of depression and PTSD. It's not so funny anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's not blocking that shit out because he's a, an adult. Yeah. And... I feel like that would be really scary. Well, and real heroes, um, they're not like you can't do that again. It's not like you released an album and then like you're going to release another one that's really good. I'm like save like, someone else. Yeah, you get yeah. one shot at they're, doing that and like people aren't going to talk about it forever. You, you usually know? have to be wary of people that are multiple heroes. You only because, get so many free beers they, for they, pulling a baby out of a well. They might be uh, scamming or something if they 
sort of claim to have lightning right. strikes twice. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it was really traumatic um, being in that really tight confined space, and also the pressure. Yeah, like all right, we picked you. We we skipped over shoulder guy. <laughs> Uh, so the dude with like a body modification isn't doing it. it's you like yeah. the pressure. I mean, I well, can't and, imagine. I mean, you th- you're on top of the world, but it then it ends and then the next news cycle happens. You know, yeah. now friends of O'Donnell remember him watching the news after the Oklahoma City bombing because he had told them that he felt sorry for all the first responders appearing on TV, saying something along the lines of they have no idea what they're in for. There's a, a classic picture from the Oklahoma City bombing of a firefighter carrying a child out of the wreckage. And he was like saw that image and was like, that guy's going to be the next me. And like, I feel bad for him because he's going to go through all the same shit I did. Uh, but that wasn't the case because that was a huge disaster with hundreds of first responders actually like, you know, getting their hands dirty and all that stuff. So the, the not one person was considered a hero in that instance. Right. You know, right. whereas O'Donnell, he was the guy that saved the yeah. one problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on April 23rd, 1995, Robert O'Donnell, the man who pulled baby Jessica out of the well, Committed suicide by shotgun blast. Drove his truck out into the middle of nowhere. Blew his brains out. Pretty, pretty fucking awful. Oh, that's uh, yeah, rest in peace. An, an actual hero, you know. But again, it yeah. fell into his lap. And it is interesting what he said about Oklahoma. It's like with 9-11. There wasn't just one hero to give credit to. Uh, even with baby Jessica, it took tons of people to make it possible. But Robert was the one who carried her out. And like I said, a hero's fame is different than any other because you're famous for that one shot. There is no second dance. An interesting note is that baby Jessica's parents divorced three years after the well ordeal. But even more interesting, there was another baby Jessica that they made a made-for-TV movie about uh, towards the end of the decade, uh, not long after everybody's baby. Baby Jessica... Two. Two. Yeah, the electric boogaloo. Yeah. Uh, this is the other baby Jessica. Now, one would think that there could never be another baby Jessica, but that one would be wrong. In 1991, 29-year-old Kara Clausen gave birth to a baby girl. She was unable to care for the baby and also didn't want much to do with the baby's father, Daniel Schmidt. So she put the baby up for adoption, and the couple that took custody of the baby Jessica was Jan and Roberta DeBoer. Now, the couple named their newly, fully legally adopted baby Jessica. The original name was Anna, but that didn't last long because, again, she was adopted at such a young age. Now, see, the DeBoers adopted and then named the baby Jessica, but after Clausen and Schmidt got back together, they decided the baby's name was definitely Anna and that they wanted her back. And this started a landmark case. The biological parents wanted the baby that they legally put up for adoption back. And the loophole in the law existed within the fact that the biological father was estranged at the time, so he didn't actually agree to the adoption. Hmm. That's how they kind of got around that. Because okay. they're like, oh, well, I didn't sign off on that, so it's incomplete, which opens up the possibility that the baby could be given back. Now, the, Loopholes. Yeah, it, it, it was a big deal. So now that he was back, uh, that the father been in a big, big way, uh, he had some legal leverage. Eventually, after a lengthy, highly publicized trial, the baby was given back to the biological parents, who divorced in 1999, not long after the DeBoers divorced. But the DeBoers not only had a child of their own by this time, but they had also established a child advocacy group called Hear My Voice, which aided children in custody disputes, particularly involving adoption. The uh, DeBoers divorce sounds like an Eminem line. Oh my God, DeBoers, <laughs> they got divorced, yeah. Now, in 1993, the precedent-setting case was relived through the film whose child is this the war for baby jessica 
Uh, yeah, it's out of control. Also, something interesting I found out was a couple years after uh, the baby Jessica incident, the aunt whose house it was, again, like I said, she had an at-home daycare. Uh, she was getting hit with all sorts of legal problems because they were saying you know, like negligence charges and things because mm-hmm. they're like, you were running an unlicensed daycare and a fucking baby fell down the well uh, right. under your watch. But yeah. uh, I think I, I think that all kind of got you know, came out in the wash. Like it didn't actually happen, but it was just like, come on, the baby's safe. Right, it's fine. Guys? Yeah. And she's like, I wasn't actually like running a daycare. I was just watching some kids. It, it was, it was a whole thing, but yeah, it just, it just kept going and going. Um, but yeah, nowadays baby Jessica's fine. Uh, I, I would recommend watching, uh, there's a great YouTube video. It's only like eight minutes long, covers it from start to finish. Uh, it's great. We'll, we'll put it up on our Patreon. Yes, we certainly will, along with these uh, made-for-TV movies, which are fucking hilarious, dude, because yeah. the scene in the Baby Jessica one, uh, well, they're both Baby Jessicas, the scene in the well one, the well, yeah. uh, when they when they go find the dad to tell him what's going on, he like they're like, yeah, your baby fell down a well, and he's just like, huh? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, he's like so fucking funny. So what does it all mean? Uh, it means we all need something to believe in. No one wanted baby Jessica to die. Could you even imagine? Sometimes these small town country bumpkin ass stories provide more than just a brief distraction from our everyday life. They provide a sense of community. The entire country, hell, the entire world was rooting for baby Jessica and whoever would go down to pull her ass up. And this world needs heroes. This world needs survivors. Most of us won't ever find ourselves in a true life or death situation, but we live vicariously through the experiences of those who do. And despite how cynical we can be, it is really great when it all works out. There we go. Yeah, it's it worked out. It's a nice it's a nice little bow on a dump. Yes, yes, yes. You know? A dumb dump. A little baby Jessica dump. But it makes you feel good. Yes. With that being said, folks, thank you so much for listening. Um you know, like we already plugged our Patreon, but follow us on Instagram at Culture Dumps. You can talk to us through our email at culturedumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. I'm Parks Miller. Keep on dumping. <laughs>